Windshield time again. What we listen to? There we go. Yeah. Happy Monday morning, everybody. Everybody. Pulling out of the driver way here. Right off historic Lebanon, Tennessee. It's going to be a good day. Been about a week. I think it's been going on a couple weeks now since I've put up a show. I guess, folks, sometimes when you don't have anything to talk about, everybody's been around that guy at a party, just rambles. Sometimes I've been that guy at a party that just rambles. Just rambles. And you're like, ah, this had nothing to my life. So I don't want to be that guy in podcast form. I know I never stopped anybody before, but you know. Whew, good times. Good weekend. What did we do this weekend? Uh, Saturday, went to a uh, inflatable house park, which is which is a great business concept as you just rent out an old strip center warehouse place and you put all the inflatables you would normally see at a, at a kid's birthday party or a church gathering and you put them in there. And then, and then halfway through the party, we went into the special room, which is just the same exact inflatable stuff with the black light which is a brilliant business model. Thank you, sir. That'll be $25 a head per kid. Um, yeah, I always like it too, because I always got like teenagers running. You ever see anybody over the age of 40 running a, a trampoline park or a, uh, a bounce house or anything like that? It's always it's always the cheapest labor. It's like, oh, it'll be fun. You could be there and you'd be around kids all the time and you'd be the older cool guy that makes up chants about birthdays and elephants. It'd be great. He's like, yeah. But then I got thinking like, that would be the best dude to hire. You know, after you've been a teenager and you've done that, been like a leader in that scene and you've cleaned up a little bit of vomit and handed out slices of pizza, um, I think that's that's a pretty good move. You know, I think that'd be a good guy to hire. Did that on Saturday. And then, uh, yeah, and then the only thing we did prior to that on Saturday was just continually put off telling our daughter uh, that the birthday party was an hour away. That was about it. When's a party? 9 a.m. The party's at 3.45. When's a party? It's it's in a few hours. You said an hour ago. All right, I know what I said. It's at 3.45. Enjoy the wait. Um, then yesterday, got out, went down to Pates Ford Marina. So I saw on the old Facebook app, there was an event in the events section. The lower right-hand corner, you tap that, hit events, map will pop up, say what's going on around you. With the exception of a bunch of churches uh, uh, celebrating National Ice Cream Day. A um, few yard sales, a few open houses for real estate. And other than that, there was a wake fest down at Pates Ford Marine on Center Hill Lake. So we drove down there about an hour away through Smithville, Watertown. Where else? Into DeKalb County, which the DeKalb County Fair is coming up. Excited about the, I like driving around Tennessee this time of year because all the little counties are having their different fairs. And uh, what makes me happy about the fair is there's like a C and D level tier of carnival rides and carnies that that, that, that go to the DeKalb County Fair. Like you're not getting Wilson County Fair status of rides and stuff. You're getting DeKalb County Fair status of rides and stuff. And uh, we passed some of the rides on the way out of there. So, you know, it's some guys that are really punched out. What do you think it runs? It takes about 20 people, maybe 20, 20 total people that run the, uh, that run the uh, DeKalb County Fair Carnival Midway. 
Often, I gotta check and see what the Cab County's having for their cook-off. They gotta have a cook-off. I'm not sure if y'all know this about me or not, but last year, the Wilson County Fair, uh, top prize, uh, blue ribbon, best of show in the salsa cook-off. Yeah, that was me. I did that. Me and my three-year-old at the time daughter. Was she four? Nope, she was three. We had a good old time. Mind you, there was only three other contestants, but I feel like we showed up really well. We took first or second in every category we entered and then best overall, so I'm, I'm very happy about that. Everybody else was making just homogenized, just red salsa, and we decided to give a little texture, a little color. There was a fruit category. I used fresh cherries. This, this, this time of year that I'm on the, the fresh cherry kick out of the Yakima Valley. If you haven't made it to your local store or uh, and found you some cherries grown in the central Yakima Valley of Washington, you're missing out, folks. You're selling yourself short because they are delicious this time of year. Man, are they good. So I incorporated those in my salsa. So I got to check and see what DeKalb County's having for their cook-off. May, may be able to add to my wall of cook-off awards. Uh, so went through DeKalb County and um, D-E-K-A-L-B. I don't really call it DeKalb, but it is what it is. And went down there to Wakefest. And little did we know, at Wakefest, you have to have a boat to get out in the water to see Wakefest. So we did not have a boat. So we enjoyed uh, some french fries and the kids uh, saw a few fish. And then we loaded back up in the van and went down to Rock Island State Park. If you've never been to Rock Island, it's a really cool state park. They got some waterfalls and other stuff like that around there. Um, but got down in the, I guess it's the, the Candy Fork River that runs out from underneath uh, Center Hill. Um, the best part about that is that the river is uh, cold enough to sustain trout year round. And I think the water has to be below 70 degrees year round um, to, to sustain trout. Because I've been trout fishing there before. Uh, browns and rainbows if I'm not if I'm uh, not there may be another varietal, but I think it's mostly browns and rainbows um, but um, Took the kids out in the water the two oldest There was a few 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 sticks and such floating around but man the water was cold. It was good There's another family around there Just coincidentally had a um, they had a kid or no They had a dog named Archie, which was really confusing the hell out of my two-year-old named Archie they were yelling at him. He's like, why is everybody yelling at me, bro? And the dog was like nine months. So he, uh, my son, Archie, listened just a little bit better than the, than the dog did. So there was just a little less yelling at my, uh, hollering at my son than what the, hollering sounds so much better than yelling. He was hollering at me or he was yelling at me. Hollering means it's just a, a loud, get your attention. Hey, uh, you know, this is what's going on. Yelling is like specifically you. Um, but yeah, we did that. Hung out in the water a good while. My wife and the, uh, she didn't want to get in the water. I get it. It's not perfectly clear, but hell, if I waited to, to, to only swim in clear stuff whenever I was uh, growing up, man, we would have never went swimming. Never gone to the Rock Crusher. There's two Rock Crushers. There was the Altus Rock Crusher, and then there was the Alex Rock Crusher. And the Altus Rock Crusher was owned by a local excavating company called Chrisman. And in that, imagine, think of a, is this Johnny Cash? Sure is. 
the last time you heard Johnny Cash on the radio outside the same five songs? I think this is the American History Recordings. Who else has they got older, their voice got better and got more depth and just more story to it than Johnny Cash? I mean, what Elvis is a voice hung up that well? Anyway, um, growing up, we had the Altus Rock Crusher and the Alex Rock Crusher, and they were about seven, eight miles apart. So the Altus Rock Crusher, again, just to think of a uh, 20 acres, I'll give it about 30 acres that had just all been excavated at one time or another for either dirt or rock. But there was one particular area of it that had been um, dug way down for dirt. Just think of what you've seen of like strip mines or strip pits, but the thick, uh, the really tall walls uh, straight up around it. just like a big rectangle, I guess, dug into the ground. That was the Altus Rock Crusher. And that's where we all went swimming. And, uh, it was illegal, and every once in a while they would crack down and come over and try to write people tickets and stuff. But I imagine it was just to protect their own liability. But I mean, literally, it was 30 acres with four roads surrounding all four sides with no physical barriers other than like dirt mounted up around the perimeter of it. There was no fence, there was nothing. So it was just a matter of time for somebody to rode their four wheeler or four wheel drive truck over the hill or push something out of the way so you could get in there. I remember growing up, there was at least 30 different entrances. <laughs> They'd fix one, another one would spring up. Because in the summer in Arkansas, when shit got hot, you could have been shooting people that were going in there and they still would have went. Because the water was cold and it was deep. And uh, yeah, you could definitely not see the bottom of it. I can't even imagine how deep it was. Uh, I would imagine it's probably 100 feet deep, which is 10 story building if you think about it. But the rock crusher, the Altus rock crusher, there was a part of it where you could walk down to the edge. You could walk all the way where it sloped down to the water and you could just step off into that, but don't get me wrong. Five feet off of the edge of that, it went straight down. There was no playing. There was no gentle slope into a beach. It was like, it was like no water, water, a bunch of water. But that also had an incline that went up a hill that just imagine the rock went up a hill, but the water level stayed the same, so in an angle there. But if you got all the way up the top of the hill, there was a big ass cliff, a handful of cliffs that you could jump off of. And that was always fun. It was always a test of, you know, you got older and braver of what, what level you could jump off of. And on the highest, in the corner, on the highest part of it, was a tree, of course, that had a rope swing in it. And that rope swing, I'm guessing at one time, probably went all the way to the ground where you could stand there and swing off this cliff. One, you're already up on a cliff. Two, there's a tree. And three, there's a rope swing. So a rope swing goes all the way down to the cliff edge, to the cliff floor, the top of the cliff. Like if you stand on it looking over, you could grab the rope swing, run back, and swing out. But here's the catch. It's all gravel. It's all gravel, there's no sand, and it hurts like hell to walk on. 
So most people just wore their shoes. But when you jump into a, uh, a strip mine that is full of water with high top tennis shoes on, because we were just trying to be fashionable too, it's very hard to swim with shoes on. Very hard to swim with shoes on. In case you're ever finding yourself in that position and you need to swim for your life, kick the shoes off. But we couldn't do that because we didn't have a lot of shoes. Nobody did. So, um, at one time the rope reached all the way to the ground and you could just run back and swing off of it. But the rope, of course, kept getting tangled up and got shorter to where you would have to climb up in the tree to get the rope and then swing out of the tree. All right, tree on top of a cliff overlooking this 100 foot. I mean, it was probably, I'd say 40 feet down at least. 40 to 50 feet down from the edge of the cliff before you even hit the water. Then you add another 20, 25 feet above that where you would climb the tree. God, we were stupid. Just think about how freaking stupid this was right now. It kind of gives me anxiety thinking about all the dumb stuff we used to do. But, um, but yeah, that was just normal. That's what everybody did. You just had to remember not to not to dive. I want I wasn't ever a diver anyway. One, not to dive, and two, don't belly flop. You always just had to land with your feet out, so or cannonball it. Um, but that was the Altus Rock Crusher, and there was always rumors. Like there was this kid, and I'll, I'll I'll be honest. If he calls me and I get a cease and desist or get sued for defamation or libel, I'll I'll take that risk by mentioning his name because even saying his name, you know, he was just a hood rat, just a hood hoodlum, just running around. His name was Eugene Pickcock, and Eugene was just always in trouble with shit. He was a kid like in the third or fourth grade that had that carried porno pictures in his wallet. Like, dude, I I, I mean, I remember a guy probably coming across a porno magazine or something at that age, but it wasn't something I was like into at that age. That was way later, you know. But Eugene would be like, oh, look at this. I'm like, dude, you're in the fourth grade, bro. You don't need to carry porno pictures in your wallet. And two, why do you have a wallet? So Eugene, the story was that Eugene had gotten busted going to the biggest town close to us, which is Fort Smith, Arkansas, and stealing cars out of a car lot. How Eugene possessed the knowledge and skill to hotwire and steal cars. And the fact that he would drive them to our hometown and run them off there into the um, into the rock crusher, or into the, the yeah, the rock crusher, the Altus rock crusher. Um, but there's always rumors that uh, that Eugene, uh, there was like 10 or 15 cars down there that Eugene had um, stolen and just drove them off in there, which it is a, it's a really cool visual if you think about it, a la Thelma and Louise running a car off into a quarry. I would imagine that would be cool enough to do, but I don't know if I would travel 65 miles away to a car lot, learn how to hotwire cars, and then drive them back there uh, under the guise of that's what I'm trying to do. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, probably about three or four years ago, there's a lady who went missing, and they thought she was there, so they drained the whole rock quarry. Because even scuba divers, they can go to the bottom, but it's so deep, it's so dark. There's just, even with lights, there's nothing they can see for the most part. Um, so, uh, that was the Al Altus Rock Crusher. I imagine over the years a few people died, but, I mean, how many people just die from vending machines falling on them every year? Funny you ask, Neil. It's 14. That's average in America. I imagine that's gone down quite a bit because the younger kids probably don't use vending machines, but, hey, who knows? 
But uh, the other rock crusher was the Alex rock crusher, A-L-I-X. And my Uncle Tom, yeah, I got an Uncle Tom. It's kind of a douchebag, but regardless of whether he's a douchebag or not, he's still my uncle. Uncle Tom um, owned the Alex rock crusher. He ended up buying it. And somebody was throwing a party there, and a, uh, a deaf guy was turning his car around and ended up backing off one of the cliffs. I remember Uncle Scott was at the party and uh, helped pull the guy out and try to give him CPR, but of course nobody there knew how to do CPR. So, poor guy. The time the ambulance got there, he was gone. But after that point, they started painting all the posts with the do not. There's like a purplish pink color in Arkansas that you paint on all your posts and entryways to your property that means no trespassing. Um, so um, they started busting people. The bad part is both these rock quarries were really clean water and people had released fish in them. And it was really, really good fishing. I mean, without having to deal with a bunch of BS. And uh, so people would chance it to go in there to go fishing uh, and everything. So that was both rock quarries. And then the other swimming holes, of course, we go to the Mulberry River. Uh, that was a good one. A lot of tree swings out there, but it was a naturally fed river. Canoeed River, so either people were getting flash flooded or it was really low. But there was always some pretty good swimming holes regardless. We grew up with this family next to us when my mom was a single mom on 2nd Street in Ozark, Arkansas. It was me, my mom, and my sister Angela. So I was about three, four. So I put Angela was six, seven, eight. Uh, she's four years older than me, so Arkansas math is right. But we lived in this tiny two-bedroom, one-bath house in Ozark, Arkansas, across from Billy and George, I think I mentioned before. And next to us lived the Joneses. And the Joneses had property out on the Mulberry River that we'd go out and stay with them from time to time. That was always a good time. But it was cool because the river was right in their backyard. So anytime we wanted, we could just go play in the river, flip over rocks and catch crawdads and all that. That was always fun. Always a good adventure. I don't think I'd deprive my kids of that. You know, just letting them go and play. And go be just fine. I gotta figure that out, man. You gotta figure out the go and play. I think it, I mean, I think it comes with just having some space to go and do it. Of the go and play. I'm trying to think how old I was when I started to learn the go and play. Go play! It's Arkansas. Don't go near the road. Go play! And that meant you could roam anywhere that you wanted to go. Anywhere you could walk. As long as you were within shouting distance. And then, um... And you had to run back. That, my, my favorite is the parents always just said, don't go near the creek. And that was like the first place we always went. But it, at least we weren't near the highway. There was a dirt road there, but not a highway. It's a little concrete bridge that went over the creek about an eighth of a mile from my grandmother's house down the dirt road. And there's always a place we hung out. I always tried to like take rocks and make a bridge across the water that was flowing, which never seemed to work out. You know why it never worked out? Because we were stupid. And we didn't realize that the more you dammed it up, the higher the water had to go, and it was always gonna be flowing over the rocks. So you were never gonna have enough rocks stacked up to where it was gonna be a bridge you could walk across. And if you did, the rocks were wobbly because you weren't engineers, you were in your single digits, and that's just the way life goes. But hey, never stopped us from trying. But uh, yeah. 
about all I got. Yeah, so we went to the creek yesterday. That's what our day, that's what our day composed of. Sorry to take you a little trip down memory lane with the rock before he's back home and swimming. I'm trying to think if we ever went anywhere else. I, I'm trying to think of how old I was when I first went to somebody else's pool. We used to go to the Ozark pool, which was awesome because it was just a community pool and they had the local top 40 station just blaring all the time, K-I-S-R. You can search K-I-S-R on your local radio dial if you're in Western Arkansas. Just had this guy, Fred Rod, not Fred Rod, Fred Smith, what was his name? May have been Fred Rogers. God, what was his name? Anyway, this one distinctive voice on the radio that everybody listened to. He was there at the morning show and he owned the station. Uh, but the cool thing about Kisser, K I S R, was that Kisser did these. They started it, and I wish I could steal it, but I would just feel like a douche if I did. Kisser started these big hunts. Not like animal hunts, but they started these hunts. To where it was like around Easter, they're like, find the Kisser golden egg. It had this big ominous music. And they would give all these clues. And this is only in a town of like 70,000 people. They would give all these clues to where the golden egg was hidden. And it was like a golden egg worth like $10,000. And like everybody within like 60 miles would be out looking for this damn egg. And I'm like, but I mean, I think they had it figured out like when everybody would stop, most people would stop paying attention like after a week or two. But um, they did the Kisser Golden Egg, the Kisser Golden Leprechaun. They did the Kisser, uh, they did like a dog bone that had diamonds in it. I remember that too. But uh, yeah, I remember that man. Whenever the radio would come on and give you more clues to where the Kisser Golden Egg was, you would, uh, everybody would just like, oh, shh. I know where it's at. Everybody you knew was like, I know where it's at. It's uh, like, why don't you go find it? Well, I mean, I can't get gas because it's like 60 miles away. I can't get gas to go up there and drive around looking for it. Well, I mean, I thought you knew where it was at. If it was $10,000, then you would know where to go get it. Um, but yeah, that, that was Kisser. But their local pool at Ozark would always, uh, uh, they would always have uh, Kisser playing. So it was... Whatever you can think of, how old was I? Let's see. Let's say I was seven, eight, nine. So that would have made it 1985, 86, 87. Uh, so whatever was in the top 40 then. I know there's a lot of Tiffany, some Def Leppard, some Def Lep was on that playlist. Uh, I'm sure some Billy Idol, some uh, who else? Um, not Peter Gallagher. Not Peter Gallagher. Uh, God, what's the other dude's name? I wanna be bang sledgehammer. Anyway, that dude, and then uh, Ar uh, Robert Palmer. Man, I'm scared. I want to say call him Ar Arnold Palmer. Robert Palmer. Who else? Uh, man, I gotta dig up whoever was playing at that time. Probably probably make me nostalgic. That's why uh, listening to Mr. Big makes me nostalgic about junior high. Mr. Big and Extreme. I, was I went down an extreme rabbit hole the other day. That was a good one. But Mr. Big's to be with you. Oh, that takes me takes me right back to the, the old Altus lunchroom. Uh, good times. Um, anyway, appreciate this Monday morning trek down memory lane. I had some other stuff I wanted to talk about, but it's really not relevant to this string of conversations because this is almost whimsical and really fun to listen to. So I'm not going to go down a, I just finished a French parenting book rabbit hole. I'll save that for the next show. Well, rolling into Nashville. 
The show is brought to you by FedEx Ground. If you ever need to ship pallets or anything very effectively, use FedEx Ground. And also Bud Light Lemon Tea, real lemon peels and real tea leaves. Of course, none of these sponsors realize that they are sponsoring. They're just billboards and trucks and signs that I see while driving down the interstate. So I appreciate them for the support. I hope y'all have a good rest of your week. Signing off from windshield time. If you have any questions, comments, you can follow along at, at the Neil McCormick on Instagram. On uh, Twitter is the is Altus Owl. That's a hometown mascot. I'm rarely on Twitter anymore though. Uh, or just shoot me an email. The Neil N-E-I-L McCormick at gmail.com. Enjoy your week, folks. It's a good ride. <laughs>